Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. edition of Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at Joy Keys. Also, check us out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, at Saturdays with Joy Keys there. And also now, you can check us out Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, as well as here at Blog Talk Radio. You just heard Dory. This is from Billy Child's most recent album, Acceptance. And uh, he's here today. He's a 16 Grammy nominations under his belt, five Grammy awards. Um, he's currently serving as president of Chamber Music America. He's played with so many people. I, I, the list will go on, but that would be the end of the show. So I'm not even going to try to go there. But um, he recently had album Rebirth um, on Mac Avenue at Records. But now this is his second album with them, Acceptance. And good morning, good afternoon, Billy Child. Uh, good morning, Joy. How Thank you, you so much. Well, I'm trying to hang in there with this crazy yeah. uh, environment, pandemic, protests, oh. cold weather now. <laughs> well, add to, add to that, um, add to that fires, which was like about um, the main fire in California. Well, the main fire in Southern California was about three miles from me. So we had evacuation Whoa, warnings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and the air has been, has been, pretty unlivable you know but now i actually yesterday was the first time i saw skies that were blue you know so, and so were you wearing some special mask other than just a regular pandemic mask so that you could breathe well, out in the in, in the air well what i did was like on the first day that it got really bad i just checked into a hotel that was because i'm far away from the beach i checked into a hotel for five days uh near the beach and then, um, and then when I and I ordered an air purifier on Amazon, so the day that I got back, I, it arrived. And then those things really make a difference. So I, you know, that that really helped the situation. So that really works. You know, I'm always wondering about those. I've seen those in friends' places, and I'm always like, is this thing really picking up anything here? You know, or is this a gimmick? <laughs> so you're saying that the one you got really worked. You felt that it made a difference. Well, I'll put it this way. Uh, the whole house smelled like smoke, except for the room that I had the the, the purifier in. It smelled okay. more. It was normal. Yeah, normal. 
All right. Well, that's, yeah. that's, that sounds pretty scientific to me, Billy. I mean, I don't know about anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't. you can't get, get much more scientific than your nose. Right, right. <laughs> now, you know, I heard there was an earthquake. It was a small earthquake, like almost four point something. Did you, are you in near that one? Or? Yeah, it, it actually woke me up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was, and it only lasted like maybe about five to seven seconds, you know, it was like a okay. rumble. And, yeah. Yeah. And then nothing in the house was in disarray or anything. Everything was as I left it. So it was, it was a minor thing. Thank God. Is that the one of the first? How many earthquakes have you been in? Should I, should I ask that question? Oh, geez, like I don't know, at least five. That I mean, wow. five, five ma- uh, major ones. That mm-hmm. I mean, the first one was in 1971 or no, 1969 or something, and that was like six point something, and that was that's bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Then another one was like when my son was two years old and, and, and the whole house, it was the Northridge earth, earthquake. I think that took place in 1993 or something. You know? mm. And then, you so know. What do you just, do? What do you do? Do you go in under the frames of the door? <laughs> do you go in the bathroom? I mean, what do you do? That's what they used to tell you. I, I just go under. A, a thing that is hard, you know, that, that right. is sturdy, you know. Okay. I mean, came to that. I mean, I haven't really um, because they've only, they, they've lasted, you know, like in the, the, at the most, like 10 to 20 seconds or something. And you don't have time to rationally think, oh, okay, this is the best strategic point. At least I don't. But if I were to think of that, um there's a table here that I would probably go under. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you guys have that, but, you know, recently we've been having tornadoes out here. Like, in the last year, there's been at least six or seven tornadoes, like the emergency warnings that come on our phones. And we're like, what the heck? There's no global yeah. warming going on. Yeah. I, mean, I just kind of, <laughs> that's like that fake news stuff, you know, don't listen <laughs> right. to it. But, I mean, yeah. never. I'm 50, and I've never, I think I could count one two maybe, and they were maybe like uh, certain parts of Pennsylvania, not like in the city of Philadelphia, uh, you know, possibly a a tornado, but this is like here in Philadelphia, and I remember one morning, like three o'clock in the morning, the thing went off, and it was like, get down in the basement, and it sounded like a train, like I felt like I was Dorothy, yeah, I felt like I was Dorothy uh, in the Wizard of Oz thing, and I was like, wow, it really does sound like a train type of sound. So yeah. um, definitely well, actually, things are switching I, up. Actually, I do think global warming is behind all of that. It's, it's um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do, um, you know, uh, with the with these fires. I mean, look, it was like it was like 115 degrees here the other day, um, which which is actually what I don't know if it was arson, but I know that. It, it got extraordinarily dry here, and it was hotter mm. than it's ever been. I mean, it's been it's been getting hotter and hotter every every year. But that's a whole other thing. I mean, you know, we should probably be on real time with uh, Bill and I if we <laughs> want to talk about that. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, let me play some more of your music. This is going to be acceptance um, from um, this the album acceptance. Hold on.
Acceptance, if you're just tuning in from Billy Child's most recent album called Acceptance, um, he's here today talking with me. He's in the West Coast. We're in the East Coast. This is the beauty of technology. So, but Billy, you know, for the people who may not be familiar with you, um, why are you a musician, a composer? What's the thing with the music? I mean, how did you get <laughs> roped into it? Because, you know, most musicians, it's like, oh, you're going to be poor, sitting on the corner with a little can, shaking for quarters. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sometimes it feels like that. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> well, 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 I mean... Uh, I grew up with music, and my parents never laid that thing on me, you know, about, um, you know, trying to uh, choose affluence over your artistic expression. They, they, um, they were both school teachers. They, they loved music. They had eclectic tastes in music, you know. So I got exposed to, like, European classical music and American classical music, jazz, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, and at a very early age, you know, I'd listen to Bach, and I'd also listen to modern jazz quartet. You know, I'd listen to Joe Beam with uh, Stan Getz, and then I have two older sisters who had very eclectic music tastes. Um, uh, so I would, you know, hear like James Brown, Sly and the Family Stone, but all and the Supremes, and also hear Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. Um, mm-hmm. Laura Nero, uh, uh, Paul Simon, and I'd hear all of that. And then I got exposed to progressive uh, rock and also fusion music, you know, in my early teens. So like Return to Forever and and um, the Vishnu Orchestra, Emerson, oh, wow. Lincoln, mm-hmm. Palmer, uh, Emerson, Lincoln, Palmer. All these, all of these um, things kind of affected me, and I was. You know, I just love music. I mean, it connected with me. It seemed like a language that I could understand, that I could relate to. So um, I, there was a piano in this boarding school for boys that I went to when I was 14. And I just started um, playing it, you know, and it just seemed, everything seemed to fall into place. And and it, it made sense to me. And uh, and And I knew, you know, Pretty at, at that age, I wanted to do this for the rest of my life. Wow. So what about the instrument decision? You know, because um, some people play multiple instruments. Do you play more than just the piano? No, I, I just, I play the, I kind of focused on the piano. I, I used to, I mean, when I was younger, I had lessons in other instruments. Like I played cello uh, for a minute. I played guitar. I played drums. Um, but... Um, the piano was always around the house and it was readily accessible and it's pretty much a universal instrument where you can do many things on it. You can play the melody, you can play the harmonies, you can be rhythmic on it and and the notes are kind of just right there. You don't have to make the notes like you do on other instruments, whether it's blowing into it or plucking a string or something. You have to produce a sound. With the piano, you just push down the key and mm-hmm. and the sound is produced. So it was right there and, and and it just and also since you can do many things at the same time on the piano that that was something that made me want to do it more, you know. So you you had your left hand and your right hand and you could play chords in your left hand and play a melody in the right hand and, and or vice versa. 
And yeah. and so so it just you know, it just seemed to make sense to me to do that. You um the first song I played when we started the show was called Dory and I read that that was um dedicated to Dory Kami. Uh, Kami, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing Kaimi. okay. Talk yeah. to us about that. How did that come about? Well, um <clears throat> when I first heard Dory Kaimi's music, um uh it was again uh what I was just talking about being raised in my household. Um mm-hmm. There was a group called Sergio Mendes and Brazil 66. Um, and uh, and uh, Brazil 66, obviously, because they were really big in 1966. Mm. Um, and and so they, they had these really great songs. You know, it was very popular uh, in America during that time. And uh, a lot of the songs were written by Dory Kaimi. And so I grew up listening to these songs. And then fast forward later to like 1990 when my career is kind of underway. Um, I went to this little club in Los Angeles called Le Cafe, and uh, and he was playing. And I had heard uh, people saying, "Oh man, you got to check out Dory Kaimi's group." So I went up there, and um, it was one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. You know, mm. it's just beautiful, yeah. uh, magical. Um, and so he and I became really good friends because um, I don't know what brought us together uh, eventually, but we ended up, he ended up using me on his records, and then we did a tour. And I learned a lot uh, about playing Brazilian music from playing with Dory. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's a guy that, that he writes these beautiful, like, long, uh, winding melodies with these beautiful gorgeous harmonies you know and it's more like reflective uh his mm-hmm. music so so when i played him this song uh that i dedicated to him he he said um well i didn't realize i was so fast you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah, yeah. he's doing that and the, but you, everybody has an interpretation it's art you know it's like you go to yeah. a museum and you looking at the picture, and somebody says, "Oh, I see the square," and they're like, "No, there's a circle." And well, then you see yeah. the woman dancing, and you're like, "No, they're yeah. sitting." It's like everybody has a different yeah. interpretation, you know. Right. So um, yeah. that's that's interesting. Now, um, you know, we have a lot going on in the world. We we talked about the weather, but you know, we have also a lot of protests um, in reference to police uh, brutality. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, George Floyd sparked that. How is that affecting you? your music and your family out there in California? Well, I mean, you know, if you're black, you know, and you have children, you're very concerned about the police. Um, you know, and I have two boys. Uh, one is 28 and the other is 24. Um, uh, I've had encounters with the police that have been, a few have been positive and many have been negative. Um, uh, so, yeah, you're... Um, you're concerned about it. Uh, it's affected me by, you know, causing further stress to an already a stressful existence here with, you know, the coronavirus. I used to say that, um, <clears throat> you know, the, you know, these protests that were happening were happening against the amid the backdrop of coronavirus. You know, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but actually. In actuality, when I think about it, actually the coronavirus came 
amid the backdrop of racism in America. You know, right? Anyway. Look at it, yeah, because it was already there. Yeah, right. It was yeah. already there. Yes. For like, you know, I mean, it's this part of it's kind of how the country was had prospered, you know. Um, so, yeah. What did you tell your kids? What did you tell your sons uh, when they were younger? Like, did you give them that talk? You know, the talk that black parents have to give their kids. Like, all right, now if you can stop by the police, you know, you know, yeah, blah, 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 and you know, call yeah. us. Yeah. yeah, isn't that yeah. crazy that we have to do that? People of color, Latino people, yeah. maybe, I'm, yeah. you know, uh, I'm sure in minority Asians and stuff, they might have to say, you know, look, if you could stop, you got to do this and that and other. But then the sad part is you can do everything right. And, and still, still end up dead. You know, you could just right. be jogging, you know, at night. Yes. And, and get shot down. Right. You get could just be down. worshiping in church, you know, and get shot down. Um but they're so, not yeah. terrorists, you know. They're not terrorists, Billy. Okay, I just wanna, <laughs> right. want you to understand that. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That's me being uh, sarcastic. Okay. <laughs> actually, actually, I understand all too well. But yeah, oh, so, um, so, so yeah. I mean, it's you know, it affects your art. You know, the one that really got me. You know, I mean, all of them are terrible. But uh, the Philando Castile murder. Um, In the car. Really, I, yeah, I, I wrote a poem uh, <clears throat> that uh, addressed um, a lot of that, and I started I started uh, performing it with my group. Is that uh, the one you posted on your social media? Because I yeah, yeah. That was like wow. I mean, I had to keep clicking though, but I was like, all right, okay, keep going, okay, yes, okay, still, still. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just you know, it was just out of like agony out of pain uh that i that i wrote that i mean to see this dude you know um in his car bleeding to death basically right it really it really um you know and and i can't i've never i i have never seen the video of the george floyd murder because i you can't don't watch see it. it you don't want to yeah. see it uh, no. I, I've, I've seen the pictures of the guy's knee on his head uh, on yeah. his neck but 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 I've never seen the actual thing go down. Uh, yeah, I I saw yeah. it and I just was like every time somebody brings something up, I was like, okay, I got to the point where you don't have to tell me what's going on. I know what's happening. Just make sure there's justice because it's yeah. this trauma over and over. And you know, I think we're gonna have because it's so um, visual now with the social media. You know, yeah. people of color are gonna have this um, PTSD. More so, like you yeah. might have had some something going on if you've had an incident with the police, but now with this like every week thing, you know, and, and I right. told my yeah. mother like, excuse the term, but I feel like it's pick a nigga to get season, okay? <laughs> I, I mean seriously, yeah. you know, yeah. it's every other week, you know. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But um, do you happen to have any of the um, verses in your head you, you might want to share with us, um, or maybe another time? Uh, let me see. Caught in this paradigm of the new killing season, black life snuffed out for no apparent reason while the perpetrators walk on stand your grounds. He reached for his wallet. We had to take him down. Jailed by new Jim Crow for smoking weed. Populate a prison industrial complex of greed. You vilify a quarterback for a righteous act of defiance and elect a sociopath with a Russian alliance. Your willful ignorance of America's original sin means we never crawl out of this racist hole we're in because 
The legacy of slavery is a blister on this nation, and the festering filth won't be whitewashed with my assimilation into Eurocentric values when those values mandate that I must devalue African values in order to assimilate. For though I speak your king's English as well as you can, when I see a police car, I remember I'm a black man. Anyway, it goes on and on and on. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. I was like, oh, I'm going to put him on the spot if I say this, but uh, it was so good. You know, people go to his um, Instagram account, and um, I'm not sure if it's on the show, but on Instagram, um, it's Billy Child. It's on Instagram. Yeah, okay. it's, it's on Instagram. It's also on uh, Facebook, like you can go to my oh, okay. page. Uh, and it's okay. also on YouTube, actually. Oh, okay. It's called, so that's the, probably the called, Yeah, the poem's called Black America. And, right. uh, and just type in Billy Child's Black America, and you can find it. Like it oh, or yeah. dislike it, whatever you, <laughs> you want to do. I've had, a lot, uh, I've had some pushback on it, too, you know. Yeah. So. Well, anyway, you're, we're going to listen to your music right now, and hopefully that'll calm everybody's nerves. So this is um, <laughs> it never it never entered my mind, and, and then we'll talk about this here. Okay. Oh, I got the wrong one here. Come on. Sorry, people. This is uh, technology. <laughs> All right. Let's. Gershwin song, um, and I know there's a story I heard about your relationship with Mulgrew Miller. You want to tell the audience a little bit about how you started to play this song? Well, you know, yeah, Mulgrew, first of all, was like a musical brother to me. You know, he was like um, very close, as was James Williams, who was um, also a New York uh, jazz pianist, uh, really heavyweight. passed away in like 2004, I think. Um, but Mulgrew, um, yeah, Mulgrew used to live in Los Angeles, and actually I met Mulgrew in Los Angeles. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he he lived here for about a year or something, or maybe a year and a half. Um, then he got the gig with Mercer Ellington and moved to New York, and the rest is history. Um, but um, so I knew him back then, and, you know, we kept in touch. We were always friendly and and really cool with each other and one time you know we would hang out at the piano together and exchange ideas and one time he came to LA it had to be like maybe 15 years ago or something Mm -hmm. Uh, and he was playing in this little club um, and he played that song and I had to my shame I never I had never heard that song before you know right um for some reason, you know, there's a Miles version of it that kind of uh, slipped from my, you know, 
off my radar, and also um, there's a Frank Sinatra version, and um, but I never heard it. Um, so when he played it, I was like, "That's a beautiful song. What is, what is it?" And plus, it was how he played it that really connected with me. So after um, the gig, I asked him to show me the song, and he did. So. Every time I play the song, I think of Mulgrew, you know, and I try to kind of recapture that moment. Um, you know, he has, Mulgrew had a way <clears throat> which I can only um, attribute to, like, really great physical strength in his hands. You know, he had a way to play soft uh, and delicately, but still, you know, with with precision and and conviction, you know, which mm-hmm. is really hard to do. You know, usually if you want to play precise, you, you kind of play harder and more sharp. You know, uh, by sharp, I mean a sharp attack. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But, but he, he had a, yeah, but he had a very, you know, he had a way of playing softly and, and playing and making it sound easy, you know, which I think, you know, you can only do if you have incredible strength. It's almost like he was a ballet dancer for the piano. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because ballet dancers, they have to have incredible strength to lift themselves up, flip around, and then land like, you know, like they're a feather uh, back right. onto the stage, you know, and um, it, it seems magical, and, and that takes the strength, you know, yeah. that people, yeah. they, they don't realize um, they have to have. So he was like a, yeah. a ballet dancer for, for the piano, the way you're <laughs> describing him. You yeah. Know? yeah. Now, sure. um, you know, He's a ballet dancer for the piano, but you yourself, you know, you're not too shabby. You've gotten a couple Grammys. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, and, you know, you're composing this and composing that. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> Trying to anyway. Well, thanks so for mentioning. The, no problem. The name Acceptance, mm-hmm. how did you come about the name Acceptance for this album, and, and what does that mean to you, Acceptance? What are you trying well, to accept? Well, things that you may not want to accept, you know, I mean, uh, you know, people, as you get older, um, you know, people, you have to accept what life is, what it is, the cycle of life. People get, you know, sick, you know, mm-hmm. they, 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 they have uh, diseases or something that, that, um, are in terminal, uh, are terminal or right. uh, inoperable or, or, or alter, or if they aren't terminal, they alter their way of life. Um, and, and people pass away, relationships end, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, or get or change, you know, like that Joni Mitchell uh, song in Both Sides Now. Now old friends are acting strange. They shake their heads. They say, I've changed. But and something's lost and something's gained in living every day. Um, wow. I think that's that's true, you know. Um, and so you just there's there's a certain amount of grief that comes with things changing in a way that you know they they call it being bittersweet, you know, like things yeah. like like change the in in a way that you, you don't want. It it it, it um, marks out the passage of time. You know, the passage of time is is really you know keeps moving, and it makes you aware that time passes, and there's a certain amount of sadness with that. Um, and how do you so, deal with that? Is so, the acceptance? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the acceptance because like in the five stages of grief, you know, you know, the last one that you have to come to in order to survive is acceptance. You know. So that's kind yeah. of what it's about. Yeah, I um I I have a, a degree in social work and uh I was working with some young gentlemen that were like thirteen to eighteen years old and one of the sessions we did was about grief. And, you know, people say, well, I'm going to talk about death with kids. But uh, but um, in talking with these young kids, you know, boys of color, almost every one of them had known someone who had been killed. And they were already, they weren't even 18, you know. Right. So we had to, I felt it was my duty to, to talk to them about this and how they handle this. And um, one of the things we did in there was um, writing a letter to the person that, you know, maybe had been close to you and, and letting them know you know, how you feel, and also letting them know kind of an update, hey, this is what's happening with me now. That can help people sometimes in dealing, you know, with, with grief. Writing, writing helps a lot. Keeping mm-hmm. journals, you know, really helps. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's good to read them later and know where you were then, you know. Right, yeah. It's it's like a, a marker, like you were saying, you know, and, and yeah. like you said, um, you, it's a marking at point in time that this is when that happened, and then that's when that shift happened. Like, okay, now this is what I'm going to have to do now at this point. I'm, I may be going in a different direction, you know. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, but that's okay, you know, it's okay because we can't control time yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'm sure the military is probably, you know, working working on, on something, um, on that. Uh, right, let, right. me, <laughs> let me play uh Lee Mark Park and, and we can talk about that. All right, hold on. Okay. Here. recent album acceptance so that was an actual place um in yeah. california where people used to yeah. play music tell us a little bit about that um yeah well it's still um uh people still play music there um Lamar park is um kind of like a central hub of black culture um it's 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 off of crenshaw crenshaw boulevard like uh just uh South of, I know this probably means nothing to you. Like it's like kind of like up or, uh, it's in a it's a very centralized section of Los Angeles, right? Um, it's a little bit north of South Central, you know, like it's north yeah. of Compton, uh, mm-hmm. and um, and it's it's really you know. What inspired the song was, uh, well, actually the song just kind of happened because um, I was playing with um, 
Mike Clark and Paul Jackson in that group, the headhunters that Herbie had started, but then um, they yeah, wanted Herbie to kind of, yeah, and they wanted to revisit that group, um, uh, but have another piano player, so, which is, you know, kind of like a, a sub for Herbie really is, is <laughs> like pr- pretty daunting, you know, so, um but what happened, the upshot of that was the rhythm section uh, that played on all that classic stuff like uh, that album Thrust uh, and the song uh, Actual Proof, which kind of changed the way people perceived jazz funk um, with that drum performance of Mike Clark and, and the bass playing <clears throat> of Paul Jackson and what Herbie did over it. You know, that kind of was a seminal uh, recording. And so okay. I got to play with I got to play with uh, those two, Mike Clark and Paul Jackson, and, which was a huge honor for me. And uh, we we wanted to go into a studio and record. So we went to a studio and just started playing this. You know, they, they played this groove, and, and I, I came up with this pattern over the groove and then this melody over it. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, the song remained nameless for a, a while. But it okay. always reminded me of Lamert Park. Uh, Lamert Park was a place where you know you'd go you'd go there on Saturday night. I used to play in this band uh, that played every Saturday night at Lamert Park. There's a club called Fifth Street. Guy named Dick who was homeless and and uh, got got his life together and started this club uh, wow, in Lamert okay. Park. And uh, so we were like the house band for a lot of rappers to come up and, and just, just play with us. Some of them were extraordinary. Like a lot of them from the Freestyle Fellowship would come up. Um, but anyway, you know, there, there was life going on. There was like people playing chess outside. There was like um, poetry readings around the corner. There was mm-hmm. jazz being played. It was, you know, on on any given Saturday night, it was really great. So that song kind of, reminded me of that time at Lamert Park. So that's why, that's how it came about. So that was like a really happy time. You were really creating yeah. and, and melding yeah. ideas together and things like that. You yeah. Know, um, and that, especially uh, poetry with music, especially poetry mm-hmm. with music. That was like the genesis of a lot of what I do now is with poetry and music started in Lamert Park. So now um, we're, we're going to get ready to end. We kind of run out of time, but you wrote most of those things here uh, on your album. And did any of the other artists assist you in writing, or did you like you're like um, I'm the dictator of music? It's it's not a democracy. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, no, 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 no. That's not true. I mean, you know, as is the case with jazz, jazz is the most democratic. Uh, forms of music because it's like or, or chamber music also you know uh, uh-huh. uh, it's you know it's interdependent and it's um, you know you kind of have to coexist in this jazz realm and, and exchange ideas basically so um, I wrote most of the the music I mean if you're the artist you know and you're putting out an album people are going to look to you as being the leader and um, yeah. it's about what your vision is and you um, you have the vision, but then everybody does what they do with it, and um, and it turns into something that belongs to everybody in the group. So okay. um, 
that's kind of where it's at. That's how it got. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Billy, you know, for coming on today. I know we uh, had a little glitch, but now we came together. I really enjoyed yeah. speaking with you, and I, I wish you a lot of success with this album. Um, and I look forward to whatever the next one is, and I, I hope you can come back on the show. I hope so, too. Yeah. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. So you have a lovely weekend, okay? You um, enjoy oh. yourself as best you can. Okay. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I just got off the phone with a musician, composer, uh, Grammy winner, Billy Childs, and we were talking about his album, Acceptance. And uh, I'll be giving away some copies of his album, Acceptance. So check me out on Twitter, at Joy Keys. Also check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram. That way you can have a chance to win. Keep an eye out. You never know. Also, look through the Instagram page or Twitter. You'll see some other giveaways I've had. I still have a lot of CDs and books and things from other artists, writers, that um, I still have a couple copies left. So maybe go back and see what other things have been posted, and you could possibly, you know, win that book that maybe somebody else didn't think they could win. Uh, I'm going to leave you with uh, Twilight is Upon Us. This is from Billy Child's album, Acceptance. You guys have a lovely weekend. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.